you know, being intentional with the content and the topics and pay attention to what took off on YouTube, you know, or on social media and say, oh, that one did really well. Let's create something else very similar because, oh, you know, your audience just spoke <laughs> on what they like. You are listening to Amplifier Success Podcast, episode 345. And today, let's discover how to scale your business using data-driven marketing. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It is your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier and possibility igniter. And today I've got a guest joining us. We're going to be talking about how you can scale your business, aka grow it to seven figures with data-driven marketing. And this is a really interesting conversation. I've got a guest who's been slaying it for so long in the social media world, and she's got some really powerful insights that you can put into action right away. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. Before we drop into this conversation, I think it's helpful to keep perspective and I want to share a resource around this. Your content really needs to be aligned with a message that your ideal clients are searching for solutions to. I work with a lot of different coaches, service professionals, people who they have expertise, but they feel invisible in the marketplace. And it is a tragedy when your ideal clients can't find you and they hire your competitor instead of you simply because they can't see you through your content through your speaking, through whatever you do for lead generation. So you want to make sure that you have put together the right message that your ideal clients, like it literally just pops for them. And it's so compelling and so irresistible. They just can't wait to hear what's next. And that messaging strategy is part of an eight pronged approach to boosting your business by at least six figures because you have all the puzzle pieces working and you use a framework that attracts the right clients and then enrolls them in a solution that sells itself. Now, if that sounds good to you, you definitely want to go download my seven-step framework plus one bonus tip at amplifywithmelanie.com and be sure to watch for the invitation to join me in the Amplify Your Authority Facebook group. We're creating some powerful conversations in there. There is a lot of bonus tools, tips, strategies that we share in there. And you get some great opportunities to get some visibility in front of other people who can book you or use your services. So again, head over to amplifywithmillie.com, download the seven-step framework plus one bonus tip and start putting your framework for another six figures together. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. I'm so excited to have our special guest today. You're going to meet Tamara Thompson. She's going to share with us how to grow your audience and scale a business to seven plus figures by using data-driven content. Now, let me do the official background on Tamara. Tamara is an investor, founder, and CEO of Broadcast Your Authority, which is a team-managed data-driven content agency specializing in marketing, 
and creating micro content repurposed from weekly podcasts. Now, they specialize in working with influencers and experts and companies to position them as respected industry leaders, which makes her a perfect fit for the show, right? <laughs> and uh, she was the founder of Serious Take Productions. And I love this about uh, Tamara's background. They directed entrepreneurial films that sold out in national film festivals. And when they shared snippets that went viral on YouTube, it was kind of that light bulb moment where they started to realize that YouTube had a lot of power and they started sharing the methods they were using to get that viral traction for stages, podcasts, and uh, all things video on YouTube. So Tamara, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I'm excited to dig into this conversation. Thank you, Melanie. I really appreciate you for having me. I'm excited to dive in with you today. Yay. Well, um, I'm super curious about, um, I just want to hear a little bit more how you got into like this YouTube video, like viral, like give us a little background on how all this came to light. Cause I think a lot of people still have yet to crack that code with YouTube. Yeah. So I shared a little bit briefly in my bio there. So video has always been with me. A little bit of backstory. My dad bought a, one of those big video cameras, you know, they're like the size of my head, you know, big on your shoulder back when I was like seven years old. And I, uh, ever since I was seven years old, I loved video. And then when YouTube came out, I started creating like so first we just didn't know what it was about because it was a lot of like pet cat videos, basketball games, golf, you know, sports, whatever it was you were watching on YouTube back then. Um, but I started with YouTube early and I watched a lot of my colleagues who are very successful on YouTube today um, grow their channels from scratch. And we all were like, what are we doing on here? Um, and so in the beginning, I wasn't really sure what to do. I was creating silly vlogs and different things like that. And then I went back to film school. And um, in my late 20s, and when I went to film school, one of my instructors, Kenny Smith, um, he has since passed, but he was one of my my mentors, which uh, mentorship is extremely important in my eyes, no matter what industry you're in. And what he said to me, he gave me a basically a goal before I graduated. I felt like I didn't really fit in at that point in my life because I was in my late 20s and a most of my classmates were just out of high school and they were doing 48 hour film festivals and things like that. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to build a portfolio. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to enter film festivals. I wanted to, you know, find my path and which kind of content I wanted to create. And um, so he told me to create, direct, edit, and enter a full length documentary film my senior year of the, this uh, program I was in for film school. And I was like, challenge accepted, <laughs> because I love a challenge. Apparently, the soul loves a challenge. Apparently, all my souls have loved challenges in past life. <laughs> but so I've been told. Um, but at the same time, what, um, you know, this challenge was like, challenge accepted. I went through and I directed this uh, documentary film um, about stereotypes and interviewed a bunch of people, a bunch of women. And um, I created this film and I submitted it to Sundance and a lot of other places. And it's a long, long story short, but that film, one of the films that I had created, um, I ended up submitting it to Sundance, like uploading it an hour be before the submission was like, I was like, oh my gosh, is this large file going to work? Is it going to get into their Dropbox? <laughs> you know, and it did like one minute sparing, true story. 
Uh, but that video, it did not get accepted into Sundance, but it got accepted into multiple other places during that year for film festivals that sold out. Then at that point, I was like, hmm, we got this YouTube thing, right? Like, this is such a beast. Like, they're like, let's test it out. Let's create like little teasers, you know, little micro content from the film of the most inspiring, impactful, and, you know, controversial clips. Let's see what works. So we tested it out. We started putting up these teasers and all of a sudden one of them takes off in the matter of like 10 days. We had 888,000 views. All of a sudden we had thousands and thousands and thousands of followers and subscribers. And then we built a channel from it. And then we were approached by IndieFlix, uh, which they then um, acquired the film. And then they acquired other films that I went in to create and direct in my future from there. But it really started there because YouTube take, took off. And I was like, whoa, I'm like, what is this YouTube beast? Like, I want to learn more about it, right? And so, but the thing was, I didn't want to just do, do it for myself. I wanted to like help other people, you know, learn more about that and actually get clients so we could actually help them grow their YouTube channels. And so it was always this piece of how to create a long form piece of content into micro content. So that was the whole start of our thought process. This was a long time ago. So originally it was a full length documentary that was created into micro content like reels and TikTok videos and shorts for what you call it now. And um, yeah, we had a bunch of teasers just go viral and it was amazing. And we just built an entire experience from it. And so it's the same thing if it's long form content, like a video podcast, or if it's something that you're repurposing, like a talk from the stage or a webinar, you know, or a training or whatever that long form piece of content is, you know, that's what we've helped our clients over the years to help optimize on YouTube. So it's interesting. I love it. Well, I have been hearing some people raving about what's happening for them on YouTube, in particular, having like a YouTube channel or a YouTube podcast, as you might call it, or a video podcast. And I'm kind of curious, like, if you are running a successful business or you want your business to maybe improve its results, how do you know that YouTube should be part of your content marketing strategy? Well, first off, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world next to Google. And of course, Google owns YouTube at this point. So you know that it's being pushed out to multiple eyeballs. So the benefit of being on YouTube first as well is the fact that you can have your YouTube content appear onto Google front pages. So you're not just appearing on the front of YouTube, like first page and so on. Like you want to make sure that you're very clear on your niche and the type of content that you're creating. You don't want to just like create content and hope that it works. You have to be very specific with the types of content that you're creating for your video podcast, let's say. So if you have like a specific niche and you're like how to, you know, if you're teaching people how to, get better with podcasts, right? Or video marketing or, you know, business, whatever that looks like, be very specific on that and pay attention to what videos actually work. Make sure it's optimized. You have keywords in your titles and all throughout your channel and be specific on what people are actually searching for versus trying to just create a topic that you think is cool, right? So like we always give our clients uh, topics ahead of time before they record their shows so it's very intentional for their their channels because in the back of YouTube, you can see what people are actually searching for on your channel and what's related and what 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 other stuff they're looking for. And a lot of people don't use that research tab in the back end, you know, to see what, what the top five videos are or what people are actually searching for. So 
Like when I chose a podcast name, my podcast called Video Marketing for Business, because I know video marketing for business is a long form keyword, right? So then you put with Tamara Thompson, there's a longer form keyword sentence. So video marketing for business, I bring down the competition rate by adding with Tamara Thompson. So if people are searching for Tamara Thompson, I might show up. If they're searching for video marketing for business, I might show up, you know, so but I know there's over a thousand people a month in the back end of YouTube, at least searching for the keywords video marketing for business. So then I'll populate there on YouTube. So it's about being really intentional about the keywords there too, and really focusing on that. Because once you see a video take off, you know, you want to actually create more of that. You want to create a playlist that actually matches that topic and create more that are very similar. And that's how a lot of our clients have taken off because all of a sudden they created like 10 signs to XYZ or five tips of this or whatever it is in a very specific niche. Then we say, hey, create another one just like that. That's very similar or have a guest that was very similar. Or if you had a guest on your podcast that has a big name and they have a big YouTube channel too, like tag them, it, not just in the description, but tag them in the title, tag them in the shorts, tag them everywhere, tag them in YouTube community. A lot of people don't even leverage YouTube community. Some people are probably like, what's YouTube community? <laughs> you know, and YouTube community is that aspect that's just like Facebook and LinkedIn. You know, it's a place where you can actually go post photos, not just videos. You're posting call to actions. You're posting just like you're posting in a Facebook group. And they've now unlocked the YouTube community to everybody, which is a great aspect too. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So didn't know about YouTube community. So great fun fact for everybody. <laughs> I, I'm so excited to learn something new about YouTube today. That's always fun. You know, we were talking about scaling today. And I guess one of the things that I'm curious about is when you're ready to scale from like, say, early six, mid six to seven figures, what is it that you need to know about your content marketing strategy? Great question, Melanie. So, you know, and the, the biggest thing is first hone in again on the same side of the topics and the niche, right? Like really find out what content actually resonates with people on that. And then it's basically the consistency factor, right? So it's about creating the content. And a lot of people these days, they're like me, like, I'm like, I don't want to record content. Some people like get so excited about creating content. You, you might be that person that you're like, I love recording my podcast. I get excited about every single podcast interview. I'm the type of person that because I do a lot of other things in life now, I've invested in over 25 companies. I golf. I like to travel, you know, um, you know, I invest in a lot of real estate. So like I'm doing different things in my life, but people that are at a specific point in their life and they might be still building the scale and they're working, you know, on their business and they have some team members and things like that. And they're trying to delegate more. It's about being efficient with your time and the consistency factor. So people might enjoy like getting in, in recording all these content. Like we have clients that are like, I'm doing like three podcast interviews this week. And I'm like, that's awesome because it lights them up. They're passionate about it. They're getting more content. I'm the type of person that there might be people that resonate with me. That's like, okay, I'm going to have my video producer come out and we're going to record professionally for the next two days. We're going to knock out two dozen pieces of content and it's going to go out for an entire quarter for my podcast and show and solo content. And so I'm like, bam, two days. I got all my stuff basically for a few months, right? But that's just how I am, you know, and when you're busy or I don't even like to say the word busy, it's not even in my vocabulary. I would say I'm grateful for a full schedule. 
So when you have a full schedule, you know, as an entrepreneur or leader or, you know, marketer or, you know, mentor or coach or anything like that, you know, it's really important to get the consistency factor, be very niche on that side and set the time aside to create the content. That's the first part of it. Have the direction of which content should be created. The consistency factor, um, either batch recording your content like I do, or just set that recurring calendar space for yourself where you're like, this is my my time to record content. But you know, don't overwhelm yourself at the same time too, because I think what happens is people start going. And if they are not consistent people, then they're then they start falling off short with creating the content or getting it out there. Because once you've recorded it, all you have to do is delegate it out to actually create, edit, and get it out there and post you know, delegate it to a team, you know, or an agency or or an individual or your team members so that you only have to focus on basically recording the content when you wish to. And I think that's the biggest thing right now is when people are getting into that strategy, like that is the strategy first, you know, being intentional with the content and the topics and pay attention to what took off on YouTube, you know, or on social media and say, oh, that one did really well. Let's create something else very similar because you know, your audience just spoke <laughs> on what they like. So, so yeah, it's, it's those, it's those main factors. It may seem simple to people, but there's a lot of people that just fall off the train because they're just like, I, I don't have time for this. That's number one. That's just an excuse. You just set the time aside and then you, you put the intention out there and do the market research of what people are actually searching for on YouTube and Google. So that's what yeah. I would say. As you're talking, I was getting really curious because I know a lot of successful business owners that I've worked with, when we talk about their content marketing strategy, what goes through their head is um, they've tried it and they're not getting any kind of results that are meaningful. And so it becomes less of a priority. I mean, there's just the people who haven't organized themselves properly, but how, how like, do you help people? And maybe you've got like a success story or something like that as someone who's really flailing with their content marketing strategy. And then they were able to do what you're talking about, be intentional, be consistent and really dial in those keywords so that they're tapping into what's relevant in their market. Um, have you seen somebody have that kind of breakthrough where it's like, oh, now I see why I'm doing this and I do want to be consistent. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to say that, you know, the majority of our clients, they've had their own breakthroughs. If it's in a matter of a few months working with us, if it's a matter of over time, a, a consistent build, right? So an example, one of our clients, um, Melissa B, we'll, we'll call her Melissa B, that's her name, that's her, that's her initials. That's her so code she, name. <laughs> her code name, Melissa B, you know who you are. Um, so she has a very specific channel. She came to us and she literally said, I want to create a, a, a podcast. And I, she said, do you think you can help me go? She's like, she's like, I literally have no following. Um, she still at the time had, uh, she worked at a university and she was wanting to build these workshops. She wanted to write a book. She wanted to separate herself, you know, to, from her day job, all these things. And I was like, well, first off, tell me what kind of content you, you would create. And she was like, well, you know, I, I speak about, you know, ageism and topics with Alzheimer's and dementia and, and ageism, basically. And I said, who out there is doing what you want to do? And how many of those people are on YouTube? <laughs> she said, one. And this doesn't happen in all scenarios, right? She had a, a good point here. She was like, I have one competitor that I want to match what she does. 
And I said, well, that's great because at that point we're like, well, you don't have a following yet, but you have a very specific niche and you don't have a lot of competition. So we turned around and said, we created the topics, the titles, things started taking off. Um, it took a little while because we always say like, we want um, to work with our clients longer term. So we have longer agreements to show them what you can do over time because YouTube's a marathon, not a sprint. And so in that, that time frame, the first five months of working together, she had a content piece that took off about 10 warning signs of Alzheimer's disease. And it went viral. <laughs> and we were like, whoa, okay, here we go. I was like, this is what we're talking about. Like, this is the moment we're looking for. And it does take time with, with YouTube. And that's why people do give up. And I always say, like, don't give up because a lot of people, you know, don't even get their first thousand subscribers the first year you know, unless you're very intentional and consistent. And um, so she, we said, hey, create another one <laughs> that's very similar. So it was like 10 signs or steps to this about Alzheimer's. So that that video took off. So we're starting to create playlists about um, warning signs of Alzheimer's. So we're creating video content. She's creating, she's listening to our structure. Um, her podcast took off. Her audio podcast also got thousands and thousands of downloads. She became a YouTube partner and she's generated over the last few years in partnership, like I think like 15,000 back from YouTube mm -hmm. um, in, in cash. But she also, we taught her how to actually do outreach so that um, she could actually get partnerships and sponsorships. So we taught her how to be intentional with her show to pitch people to actually pay for our services and for to her, right? And so she went and followed this whole path of this other gal and, you know, she launched her book, she held workshops, she started getting more speaking engagements. And she it was all because she was intentional. And she was using the, the keywords titles that we we um, were providing her over time. But she started from nothing. And she waited that first five months, though, um, on that part. And I think a lot of people just kind of give up because they're not seeing traction right from the get go. And I think that's a misconception. People are like, oh, I want a, a viral video. And yeah, you could do that on TikTok. And stuff like that. But we've had different success with different clients. We had a client that he as we he has over 30,000 subscribers now on YouTube with us. He started with us at like, I think at 8,000 at the time, he's been working with us for three years. But he has over 2 million audio podcast downloads. And a couple of years ago, we said, do you want to start TikTok? He said no. A year later, I started TikTok. We're like, <laughs> thank goodness. So his content started to take off. It went viral and um, he's got over like 25,000 subscribers, followers on TikTok. And he had another two videos go viral just this past week. Um, but he's consistent too, you know, but now he's listening to us on the topics as well. <laughs> it's like, because in, in TikTok is the same thing. You got the the YouTube. So at the top of YouTube, you know, you can type in the top when you have specific tools to see like what people are actually searching for on YouTube. You can do the same thing with the search bar in TikTok. And when you start typing in the search bar, that little circle up top in your TikTok, when you start typing, you can actually see like keywords based on what people are actually searching for. And so there's different things you can do, which is really cool because we've seen the same thing with another client of ours in the hospitality industry. He was like, do you think I'll do, do well on TikTok? He's got a very leading podcast in the hospitality industry. And um, I was like, yes, please, let's do this. Um, he took off within 60 days. He had 40,000 subscribers. It passed his 27,000 subscribers on Instagram. 
And then he also got speaking gigs from it and then generated another six figures in his business from just joining TikTok. So I love that. That's such a great example. You know, you're saying something, Tamara, that I think is worth highlighting here because I talk about this all the time. I talk about this um, with audio podcasts. I talk about this with guesting, right? Like when you want to be a guest expert on someone else's show, and that's the importance of topic. And I think what what I see in my clients a lot, and maybe you see this too, is like people really like kind of get attached to wanting to put certain topics out because it's the way they like think about it or the way they think it's clever. But what I'm hearing you say is part of that intentionality is to be willing to create topics that are being searched for so people can actually find you. Exactly. Well, and and if and when people enjoy the content and like it, then they tend to binge listen or watch, right? So yeah. I had a I had a guy reach out to me um and he uh, basically said um that he binge listened to my entire podcast. And at first I was like well, that, well, awesome. I'm like, how long did that take? He's like, oh, I like listened to it through my whole work week last week. I was like, well, that's cool. I was like, I'm like, thanks for sharing. You know, like, and uh, he said it was, it was enlightening though. Cause he, he listened from my current episodes all the way back down to the beginning. So he was like, it was, he was like, it was fun to watch you evolve as a host like over the years. And I was like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And he's like, well, now I want actually now that I, I've listened to all these podcasts, I want to hire your company. Like it was like, it was like the easiest thing to, you know, somebody's listening to content because he found me because he was searching for video marketing for business, uh, which, you know, there was a keyword in the name, but also in some of the content too. So he found it. And so that's just a prime example of a client that found me because of being intentional with keywords. And a lot of times people say, well, you know what? And we, we have clients like this. So <laughs> they're like, well, I don't like that title. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, you can put a different title on different things, but we want to make sure that people can search and find you. So we're going to keep this title on certain areas of your YouTube and your description and your file names and all this stuff for optimization purposes. And they're like, okay. And I was like, but we're also going to see what's going on. So we have a client um, that basically... Uh, he's an investor. He teaches how to sell and buy businesses. And one of the top keywords in the back end of YouTube that we see that people are searching for is buying a business or how to buy a business. You go over to his TikTok channel, the videos that took off from the micro content from the podcast. Guess what those keywords were? Buying a business. So, you know, it's being intentional and then creating more content around that. You know, he doesn't always talk about buying a business, but definitely keep sprinkling in some of the content that people are watching. Um, You can always add different playlists, different types of topics, you know, through the mix, but just understand if somebody doesn't relate to that one thing, they might not see you as, you know, the person they want to keep coming back to because they're like, well, I want to still hear about buying a business. You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hear about selling a business or, you know, whatever that looks like. And so, you know, it's different things like that. So it's like, you want to reach more people with different topics, but you know, when you see the advantage with YouTube specifically, it's it's really important to stay in your lane of, of that as well. So each month you want to definitely create content and release content around the other type of content that did better than the others so that YouTube will continuously still suggest your content because if your viewership and watch time goes down because I don't like something else that's not related to buying a business, 
you know, then they might not suggest your content as much. So it's it's kind of a YouTube game, you know, over there. But it's, kind uh, of, it's like you really need to understand how the algorithms feed content to viewers to be like ahead of it. That's what I'm hearing you say is like part of this process is to really understand it's not about you <laughs> and it's not about your content. It's about what people are looking for. And that's what gets you in front of the right audience. Well, and it's even just being intentional with when you're doing posts on social media or in your Instagram mm -hmm. stories, like ask people what their favorite episode was, ask them what content they resonate with the most, ask them what they want to hear more of, because when you're asking people what they want, they're more inclined to listen, you know, and, and so that's okay. really one of the points, you know, it's like, did you enjoy it? Or, or do like some fun stuff in stories, you know, like this or that, right? Like get them to sure. engage in, in polls, like this episode or this episode, this topic or this topic, you know, I'm not saying like carrots or cauliflower, but you know, like <laughs> do something that's, you know, with your, your business model, you know, people mm -hmm. do those types of posts for engagement, but it's not really doing anything for your business. If you're over there asking them like, you know, we see it quite often, like this or that, make it intentional with what this or that really is with so that you can take that data and then create uh, more data-driven content from the data that you're collecting, you know, from your actual audience. So it's, it's very helpful and people, and if you remember who actually, actually was doing all the polls and answering, you know, do, do like the, the group chats and, and now in, in, you know, Instagram messenger and other things that you can do too, you know, your subscribers on Instagram, you can have the subscribe, the paid subscribers on Instagram, you send them out in messenger groups and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, it's really about being intentional with the content, but, you know, having that long form content, always repurpose it into micro content, YouTube shorts, my, uh, Instagram reels, TikTok videos, and, and stay, like you said, stay with the, uh, with the algorithm, stay with the trends. We're really good at just paying attention to what's shifting, right? So we shifted and started using ChatGPT the day it came out, November 30th. Like and people are like, oh, I'm behind the game with the, the AI stuff. You know, AI has been around for a, a lot of years. People just didn't realize that it was around in this, in this kind of capacity. So it's like, how can you be efficient too with creating content too? And I'm going to be sharing some of that at a one of our videos, short summit that's coming up in June, and I'm going to talk about and do a training on how to create micro content from your podcast, select it more efficiently with ChatGPT. So, and if people don't know what ChatGPT is, it's an AI tool that helps you be more efficient with ways um, to create content, actually, or even select topics, or write copy for social media, even write your show notes for your podcast. There's a lot of things that you can do with AI these days. And uh, and you can also make it sound like your voice. So <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff. Just be efficient with your time, you know? Yeah. Well, we kind of opened up today talking about how you're going to scale your business. And then we've kind of micro into the conversation about YouTube and video. And so now I'm kind of curious, like, if we were to kind of build a bridge between these two uh, pieces like how has video and being like building your presence on or broadcasting your authority, maybe to use your terms uh, on YouTube really fit together? Like, has it been an integral part of getting your company over seven figures? And what was like the biggest lesson you learned around all that? Yeah. So with, with this particular company that, that I am part of, um, 
this company we've we've generated over seven multiple seven figures uh, through content marketing organically i've never put paid ads into it or anything with the side of the content marketing side and uh, people are like what and i like and i did it really quickly so to um put your point into how fast you can do things obviously there's events and things and email lists and, and communities that help that but when we first launched this model we generated a quarter million in two and a half days so there's there's things that, that happen in, in life and business and when you're able to launch things the right way with community and things like that and it, that doesn't happen for for everybody on that level but when I launched my own podcast, it was one of those things where I'm like, I have to be specific and intentional with everything that I'm doing on it. Right. And so that's what I did um, on that side. So I never wanted to like give up or anything. And if I didn't want to record a content, you know, it, you know, it's one of those things that um, you have to be consistent with it and you have to have your marketing in place. You have to have your offers in place. So there's people that come in and start podcasts and they don't even have a, a call to action or they don't have a lead magnet or something to build their, their email list or to share their offers with people. And some people will come in and say, well, I don't want to, I just want to have them as warm leads and that's totally fine. But when you have a podcast and you want to generate, you know, you want to reach your first seven figures or eight figures and beyond, you really have to have those landing pages, those lead magnets, your offers in place, and you have to be able to delegate to other people. So this particular company has over uh, 30 team members in this particular company. And um, the focus that I do now for the company is purely consulting, traveling and speaking engagements and relationship building through masterminds. That's my, my core uh, message to help spread this particular company. And so when when you want to get to that point and you decide like what you really want in life and business, it's you have to have those systems in place. So if you don't have the systems in place um, and you're doing a lot of it yourself, that's not going to help you get to that seven figure mark. A lot of people get stuck at multiple six figures because, and hey, I, I, was, I was there a long, long time ago, you know, I did my first mastermind and got really excited when I made my first six figures and in my first 90 days and I was like, Oh, this is cool. You know, I stepped into entrepreneurship and then, um, you know, it doesn't always happen like that. And then you get you hit bumps in the roads. But when I started delegating more and putting systems in place and having things automated, that made more sense to have things con continuously going. Cause if you're just the CEO or you're the leader or the mentor or the coach, that's just doing a lot of it still just know that there's somebody out there that you can train that can do it even better than you can. And it allows open up time for yourself. So you can actually scale your company on that side. Because when I started letting things go back, like this is like 12 years ago, when I started letting stuff go, I was like, oh man, I was like, somebody can, can edit better than me. Somebody can like shoot content better than me. Like, I was like, I don't even like shooting content. I'm like, why am I shooting the content? I'm like, I'm just gonna hire a videographer. Okay, because <laughs> the first company I built we had a Rolodex of seven over 700 videographers. And um, it was cool to see because I was like, do I really want to build this? I was like, I don't think so. So, you know, let's, let's shift this business, <laughs> excuse me, model. And, um, but may, remember to always be passionate about what you're building, because I think I've talked to a lot of CEOs where they get stuck um, at six figures going into seven and they just get unhappy or they like, they're creating content just to create content. But be passionate about what you're creating as well, because if you're not passionate about the topic or 
passionate about the guests that you're having on or or any of that stuff. It's not really going anywhere until you have like a much bigger vision. Like what is your bigger vision, your bigger why? You know, like Cameron Harold's book, you know, The Vivid Vision, you know, envision yourself and your team where you would be in three years and start living it now, right? So play it out now so that it starts to allow yourself to let go as a leader. And mm -hmm. so that's really what helped me in a lot of different scenarios is what is that bigger picture? What do I really want to do? I'm like, I want to go hang out with my puppies, my eight month year old puppies, you know, in the backyard, you know, luckily they're not barking right now. No, no they're, they're good. They're good boys. You know, what else do I want to do? I want to go look at real estate. Probably will this afternoon. We've been looking at more real estate. So there's a property that I'm looking to, to get another rental property. Like, so there's different things that, that I like and get excited about because I turn around and delegated. Yes, it's a lot of a lot of time and energy to build that. But the more you delegate, build the systems, have the exact offers, test it, but don't stay too long on something that's not working. I think that's the one thing that people do. They're doing the same offer for like a whole year. And they realize they're either not passionate about it or they don't have the tools or resources to actually do that. Or they don't have a sales team in place, mm -hmm. you know, because in sales, um, I gratefully am, you know, great with sales. And I learned that because I was super passionate about what I did. So in, in the beginning, and so being able to teach that, try to instill that in your team and building a team culture and being able to train people so that you're a leader instead of a boss. I would say a boss is like bossy, you know? They look to be a leader because you're training other people to be leaders on your team. If you're trying to micromanage people or see yourself above people, it doesn't work. You're not building the right team atmosphere for that either. So I think it's really important as a leader to train other leaders so that you feel really like you can trust them in every single department that you have as well. And so I think that would be some of the advice I'd say for somebody that's just kind of might be stuck and maybe something resonated with them today. Yeah. So going back to the foundations of scaling, you know, like systems, delegation team, and really understand what your role as leader is. That's brilliant. You know, Tamara, I'm sure you have a lot of different resources or, you know, places where people go find out about you, but is there one particular first step you would encourage somebody to do if they're ready to really um, amplify the reach of their, their work in the world through video? Yeah, yeah. Anyone can see what we're doing at broadcastyourauthority.com. We have a, a guide there that's uh, basically seven ways to start, especially for those that are podcasters, seven ways to really start repurposing your content as well. And we have opportunities to you know book a discovery call with our team or reach out. Uh, we've got some other opportunities there, but feel free to just check out broadcastyourauthority.com and just see what we're up to and feel free to reach out. I'm on Instagram. I I tend to log in and manage some of my Instagram. My team basically manages the rest of my platforms. <laughs> I love it when you get like LinkedIn messages and you're like, I just don't, I, I'm not the one responding at this point, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I love Instagram. So if you reach out, say hello, it's usually me that answers on Instagram, Tamara Thompson official on Instagram. That's um, my favorite other than YouTube, um, which is broadcaster. Cool. Yeah, and we'll link that up for you all because uh, that's how Tamara and I actually originally connected was on Instagram. So there's See, a lot I'm, of value. I'm real. I'm real over there. That's me. I'm official. Right, exactly. We we all have our favorite social platform where it's still us and we're still active. Uh, also, I was sleuthing around on broadcastyourauthority.com and there's a really cool um, downloadable resource there. I think it's something about seven ways to repurpose your podcast. So I'd encourage you to check that out because if you are going to have a podcast, 
I mean, you know, creating it in one place is ideal because then like as Tamara's going to show you in that, that tool, if you download it, there's like a gazillion ways you can uh, repurpose that content and broaden your reach. So go check that out. All right. So Tamara, this is the fun point in the, uh, well, this has all been fun, but there's a couple of questions I like to ask. You kind of already answered one of them. So I'm going to flip that one around today, but what would you say is the boldest thing you ever had to do to amplify the success of your business? Oh, well, okay. Well, this is where the, so that, that moment I told you I had a success of point of like a quarter million and, you know, two and a half days. The reasoning behind that was because I made an investment first that allowed me to hire somebody else to come in. And I actually invested 60,000 in somebody else that come in to an experience as well. Um, but then I was able to go on the back end and, um, you know, do some other things that allowed more opportunities. So I think other, the biggest thing that um, that's probably one of the boldest moves I've made, you know, a $60,000 investment to generate 250,000 back in two and a half days. That that's the way I am. I'm like super resilient, bold action taker, very strategically. Like I have to think and, you know, run things by, you know, you know, people in this household. Uh, and so um, but you know, it's one of those things of um be willing to invest in yourself or things that are going to get you uh other places. I um I'm about to invest twelve thousand five hundred dollars to play golf with somebody that I want to get to, you know, meet and connect with. Invest in areas that um I also golf, so I I love golf. So this is, this is gonna be a fun, fun investment for me. Um, but it's, it's about like those relationships that you can open by investing in different areas that can get your business to a lot other, other places a lot faster, like speaking at events, um, doing partnerships, doing collaborations. So I've spent multiple six figures in relationships, partnerships, and mentorship over the years because of the fact that it can open doors and mm -hmm. just stay, stay humble in the process though. Um, but if you're really thinking something like always follow your gut, I literally was like, my gut is to say, my gut was saying, invest 60K to, you know, have access to this person, build a relationship. This person is now one of my best friends. This person was my maid of honor. Um, and uh, other things happened. We've done tons of business deals together at this point. But it was something my intuition was like, I feel like I want to know this person. Um, and um, I'm super grateful for that decision I made to be bold, invest, you know, have other opportunities come back to me tenfold. And so I'd say that's, that's probably my, my boldest move there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wow. You are such a treasure trove of wisdom and insight. And I think you're just brilliant on so many levels. I could probably do a whole, you know, week of, uh, Tamara uh, tips here. <laughs> but uh, Tamara, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your wisdom. And I, I know so many of our listeners are going to be excited to hear from you, not only from the scaling side of things, but also just really some practical stuff to uh, be more present uh, with, their, with your and more intentional and consistent with video. So thank you for being here today. I really appreciate you, Melanie. Thank you for having me on the show. And, and thank you, everybody that's listening. Feel free to reach out and say hello and introduce yourself. I'm excited to hear from you all. So thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com, and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going, and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name, and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 